Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, I was um, praying before the service today, and my thoughts started turning to um, the end of the year. 2022 is ending, and we're getting ready to start 2023. And I started thinking about, I wonder, I wonder what God has in store for, for next year. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing that, you know, you have no idea what's ahead of us. And if we'd known, if we had known in 2019 that we're about to go through COVID and Ida and whatever else that we went through, we probably thought, how could I possibly make it through? But God was with us day by day by day by day. And he, he meets us. He meets us that way supernaturally. It's, it's the same way with the tough moments and it's the same way with his his breakthrough moments we have no idea but then he shows up suddenly and the world changes 2023 could be the the greatest could be the greatest spiritual year that we've ever seen it could be the greatest time of visitation our world has ever seen why why not because those days those days are just before us he's promised to save the best for last and I have, a, I have a feeling something amazing is going to happen just before the end of this age. So I have an anticipation. So I'm, next week we're going to have a weekend of prophecy. We're going to have our services. Um, Chris, uh, New Year's Eve is going to be at 7 o'clock. New Year's Eve service. And then New Year's Day we'll have one service that day at 10 a.m. And just have an expectancy of, of God's plan for 2023. Amen. I want to share this um, this blog, it's actually in one of our, um, in our book, the book Wonder. It's in there. It's called Hark the Herald's Angels Sing. Have you ever heard of that song before? Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Um, it comes from Luke chapter 2, verse 13 and 14. It says, Suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. Why don't you try that with me? Glory to God in the highest. Let's try it again. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth peace among men with whom he's pleased. This new birth makes everything new and special in our lives. I've been thinking this year about much about my, my new birth experience and how it changed my view of everything related to Christmas. It changed my view of Christmas traditions, especially the songs. I'm still amazed at the beauty and the power of the historic Christmas carols that literally fill the air from Thanksgiving Day all the way until the new year. Many of these songs are quite spiritual and carry the very spirit of revivals long ago. Have you ever noticed how songs carry a presence? You know, there's, there's a reason why songs last. There's a reason why 3,000 years later, we're still singing the Psalms of David's. Because they carried something that were, was past generation. It was for generation after generation after generation. They carried the sense of what God was doing in David's life at that moment. And it's the same with, with songs that are written. And that's the same as, as this song. They, they carry an, a sense or a smell or a fragrance. Um, one of those songs 
is the is Hark the Herald Angels Sing. It was originally a poem written by Charles Wesley and was soon adapted and changed by George Whitfield. It carries the power and the revelation of these two spiritual giants. No wonder we're still singing this song almost 300 years later. Pay close attention as you read the words to this great Christmas hymn. So we're going to I'm going to re- read the, the words of this song again this morning and just take a moment and notice the incredible theology that's here in this in this in this music. Hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy miles. Listen, God and sinners reconciles. Now, they're singing that in the mall. They're singing that on television. They're singing that in secular environments all over the planet. God and sinners reconciles. I want you to say it with me. God and sinners reconciled. That's why he came. I was a sinner and now I've been reconciled to God by the death of his son. I've been reconciled to God. I was once an enemy of God, but now I've become a friend of God. And and more than a friend of God, I've become a son of God because I've been reconciled to God. God and sinners reconciled. That's a message for me. That's who I was. I was lost, but now I'm found. I've been reconciled to God. Now listen, he says, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. Christ by the highest heaven adored. Now listen, Christ the everlasting Lord's. In this song, there's a bold declaration that Jesus Christ was more than a child, that he was the Lord in a human body. How could it possibly be that God himself became one of us? God came and lived in the form of an infant 2,022 years ago, an infant born in an animal's manger. The angels announced his birth. We're still talking about it 2,022 years later. They're singing about it in the mall and on the radio all over the planet. Christmas is happening and people are saying that Christ, the Son of God, is God in the flesh. Christ, the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold him come. It wasn't just any time that he came. It was an appointed time. It was the exact moment that God had set apart before he created the heavens and the earth. This was the moment of all moments. The moment when light would break through the darkness. The moment when God would become a man. The moment that a virgin would bring forth a child and call his name Jesus. A moment that the shepherds would come and bow and worship. A moment when all of creation would announce his birth with their signs in the heavens and signs on earth. Christ the King has been born in the fullness of time. Offspring of the favored one. Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. God in the flesh. You know, I was, there's one, one of the commentaries that I read an awful, a lot is, um, talks about this verse, John chapter one, verse 14. It says, the word 
became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. We beheld his glory. This, this commentary says that this is the, the greatest scripture in the Bible. It's what the Bible is all about. The word became flesh. The word became a human and lived amongst us. And John said, and I saw his glory. Have you seen the glory of the Lord? That's what changes your life. When you see the glory of God for yourself, when you see that Christ became a man and lived amongst us, more than this, just a, a man becoming a, a baby, God himself became a baby and lived amongst us. This Emmanuel, God in the flesh, veiled in the flesh the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. I can't believe they're singing this in Lakeside Mall. <laughs> Hail the incarnate deity. Stop in your tracks. Next time they say it, stop and stop and tell somebody, did you hear what they just said? Hail the incarnate deity. Do you know what that's even talking about? Pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus, our, say it, Emmanuel. 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 Emmanuel, it means something. Emmanuel means God with us. He hasn't left you in this world alone. No matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, He hasn't left you alone. He's come to you. And that's what the Christmas message is all about. He came to you in your darkness. He came to us in our darkness. He came to us in our most fragile insignificant lives he came to us Emmanuel you're not in this life alone you're not by yourself he is with you he is with you he's been with you he's watching over you he's draw he's coming and hovered over you and protected you and, and laid his claim to you he's watched over you since the the moment you were born when you were brought forth just as child, as Christ was brought forth from his mother's womb, when you came from your mother's womb and you were first entering into this world, the angels gathered around and said, this one's mine. I've got my hand on this one. No one's going to touch this one. This one's name is recorded in the book of life. This is one of God's redeemed sons or daughters. I've got this one. This one is mine. No weapon formed against this one will prosper. No enemy will touch this one. This one is mine. He doesn't wait till you get saved. If he did, none of us would have made it. We would have been too vulnerable, too fragile. Our lives would have been in jeopardy. But he watches over those that are his. Those that have been purchased. Those whose names are recorded in the Lamb's book of life. He's got you. He is Emmanuel. He's with us. He's with me. He always has been with me. That's the song. So we're singing with the angels today. We're singing with, with Charles Wesley's angels. And we're singing with the shepherd's angels. Hark the herald. Angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Hail the heaven born. Prince of peace. You know, it hit me last night as I was talking about Isaiah 9, 6. His name shall be called Prince of Peace. 
I, it, it hit me that his, that he is the prince of the Hebrew word peace, shalom. He is the peace of God. He is peace. He is the shalom, the health in our spirit, our soul, in our body. Salvation has affected the whole man. He is my prince of peace. Peace in my belly. Peace in my mind. Peace in my body. He's got me. He's always had me. Shalom. Somebody say it with me. Shalom. Peace is on you. Peace is with you. Hail. The son of righteousness. How can we even say that word righteousness? How can those, that word even come out of my mouth? How can I, as the son of, of the earth, a son that came out of Adam's lineage, how can I claim this righteousness? Impossible, impossible. Sin has been my life. Sin has been my portion. Sin was my passion all of my days until one day. When the sun of righteousness dawned into my soul, I grabbed that gift of righteousness by faith and my sins are washed away. And he became mine, justified by faith in Christ. And the song goes on, light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. If there's anyone in this building today that has physical infirmity, there's healing in the radiant beams of Christ, our Savior. His healing power is for you, your whole being, your spirit, your soul, and your body. When you take communion this morning, you're eating healing life into your body. Healing to every part of your body, your spirit, your soul, and your body. He has risen with healing in His wings. Mild, he lays his glory by. He was God from eternity, but he did not hold on to his deity. He did not grasp his deity. He wasn't afraid to lose it when he took on our humanity. He condescended. He humbled himself to the point of being a, a baby born in an animal's feeding trough. To the point of death, the death of a cross. He did not glorify himself. He humbled himself and took upon himself our creator God, condescended himself and became one of us so that we could become one of his. He's taken us into his family. Born that man no more may die. Born to raise the son of earth. And here's the message that Wesley, that Whitfield preached for, for 40 years in America, born to give them second birth. That was his message. That's why he came. He came to this earth so that you could be born again. You are lost in your transgressions and in your sins. But Christ became a man to die on a cross, to raise from the dead, to give you a chance at second birth. Have you been born again? Is Christ your Savior? Hark the herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Like many of the historic Christmas songs, this one is filled with spiritual revelation. It speaks of reconciliation from sin, the joy of salvation, the messianic birth, 
the deity of Christ, the new birth, his healing power and the mystery of God being born in human flesh. How did they cram all of that into one song? This song is absolutely breathtaking. So what shall I do? I'm going to go join with Charles, George and the angels and sing the glory of Christ's birth this Christmas. Heart the herald, angels sing glory to the newborn king. Amen. Let's stand and take communion together this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. If you if you don't have your communion cup, I want you just to raise your hand up. The ushers would like to give you one so you can we can all take communion. Raise your hands. Leave them up high. Ushers, I hope you all are checking. You have to check them out. Leave them up until you get one. There's one up here. There's some up here. Just leave your hands up till they get to you. Thank you, Lord. Keep, don't put your hands down till they give you a cup. You know, I want to think about this as we're. It's we're taking communion today. The angels came and they made an announcement that night to the shepherds. These shepherds were handpicked. It wasn't just a random, accidental visitation. They came specifically to specific people on purpose. These men had been raising these sheep all their lives. That's all they knew to do. They were, they were temple shepherds raising sheep to be sacrificed on the altar at the temple in Jerusalem. That was their purpose. That was their whole life. That was their whole life job. That's all they ever did. That's all their, their parents ever did. That's all they'd done for generations. They were temple shepherds. They were raising sheep. And these sheep had a destiny to be spotless and pure and to be sacrificed on the altar in Jerusalem. And then one night, their mundane out of the 365 days of that year, that one night was interrupted by glory shining down. Suddenly the, the whole meadow was lit up. They couldn't, they could not ignore it. The whole meadow was filled with light, light they, like they'd never seen before, light that was brighter than the noonday sun. And they were there in the middle of it. One angel started and the light came. And while this angel made an announcement, the whole atmosphere was filled with the host, the heavenly host. They had all come and they all began to sing. They began to announce the birth of our Savior. What would these shepherds do? All they could do, they, they stopped and they ran for their lives as fast as they could to see if the angels' words were true. And they found Jesus and Mary and Joseph in a stable in Bethlehem, just a short distance away. And they looked when they were there. They couldn't believe their eyes. There he was, the Son of God. He was born for one purpose, just like the lambs they had been raising. These lambs only had one purpose. They came to die. That was the message. This is the Lamb of God. He's come to this earth for one purpose. He's come to die for your sins. That's why He came. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 